Okay, part three of the conversation on how to make a woman miss you. And I propose there are three elements. First one is attention, second one is emotion, and the third one is absence. This video is on the absence part. So I find this piece quite interesting, uh, almost from a needy, geeky perspective once I understand it a bit. Uh, try this on for yourself. Uh, I even invite women to uh, reply and say, do you think this assessment of the feminine psyche and way of perceiving things is correct? Uh, I think there is a difference between the way men almost process data and information from an event compared to the way women process the data. Meaning, men and women are at a party tonight, and if you ask a man questions about what he perceived at that party, what he saw, if you ask him that today, he will give you a certain answer. And if you ask him that tomorrow, he will give you a certain answer. And that answer will correspond to his best recollection of the raw data from the party. Right? He will try to recall in his memory what he saw, what he heard, and relay that to you. Whether you ask him that information on the same night as he went to the party or a day or two or three afterwards. I observe a different process in the feminine brain, which is they keep interpreting what they saw and the interpretation keeps changing, right? If you ask a woman what a party was like just five minutes after she's left the party, she will give you one report. If you ask her about it a day afterwards, she will give you a slightly different report and you will wonder, well, what the hell changed? between five minutes after leaving the party and one day after leaving the party because the party was the party. For a masculine brain, you would say, it's the same data. Why aren't you reporting the same data? And at least I have observed women don't report the same data. And I think this plays into man-women relating in a very deep and profound way. I actually think it's terribly profound, the way women think about men they have met the way they think about the men and the impression the man has left on her compared to the way men process information, right? So this is something I think most men don't understand. I certainly didn't understand it till I felt I had this little epiphany. You can judge for yourself whether it's a true epiphany or not, but I'm going to tell you my proposition of it. So I actually have a module on this in the Creating the Dominant Man course. So let's just go into the module and talk about the gift of a man's absence, right? Your absence is a gift. We'll talk about this a little bit uh, as much as we have time for in our, for this kind of a video. This is something many men don't understand. Many men don't have kind of a working living knowledge that how much their absence plays a role in a woman's attraction to you and a woman's response to you and even what a woman decides to create with you or not create with you. So here's my proposition. Question to men. When do women really make up their mind about you? When do you think this happens? Right? From a masculine perspective, the reasonable, logical answer would be, well, when we're interacting. I'm there, she's there, I'm talking to her, I'm sharing. She is getting a feel for me. Who I am, what I talk, how I move, what my body language is, what my sound is, and that's the raw data. 
she gathers all that raw data and makes up her mind about me, how much she likes me, how much she's attracted to me, how much she's annoyed by me, whatever assessment she makes, obviously she must make it when I'm in front of her. And my proposition to you is this, that most of the decisions women make about you, they make it when you are not there. That a man's absence is where most of the assessment, the decisions, the confirmations, the conclusions that women make about a particular man happen when the man is actually not present. It happens when the woman is alone, thinking back on the moments she was with that man. This is almost weird to the masculine mind, but try this on. Try this on for size and see if it works for you. It's when you are not around that a woman really makes up her mind about you. It's when you're not around that a woman you are pursuing decides, yes, I'm going to let him closer, or no, I'm not going to let him closer. If she thinks I'm not going to let him in closer, chances are she's not even thinking about you. Yeah, you're not even, you're not in her mind when she's alone. And because you're not in her mind, uh, she's not going to give you the time of day. It's when you're not around that women plan their seduction of you because women do seduce you. You may not realize you're being seduced, but chances are every woman you have gotten, the woman has gotten you. It's pretty guaranteed. Every woman you have gotten, the woman has actually gotten you. And when she decided to get you, was chances are when she was alone, when you were actually not there. It's when you're not around that women decide they want to reel you in for a longer relationship. It's when you're not around that women decide they're going to leave you. <laughs> I will propose this too. I know this may sound very uh, anti-exciting. This is like when they show you a movie or a TV show and they want to show you a moment where the woman is getting irritated with the man. They will usually show you when the men and women are across from each other and the man is doing something stupid, he's rattling on, the woman is kind of blanking out, and she decides this guy's an idiot, I don't want anything more to do with him. Right? That sounds very dramatic, and it is cinematic because it's happening in real time, but I would say more often than not, right? it's when you're not around and your woman is thinking about you, thinking about the way you make her feel, thinking about your dynamic, thinking about the possibilities that she sees with you or not with you, that she decides, no, I got to end this one. I got to end this one, right? The decision has been made in your absence, and then you get the news later on. So sorry, it all goes together. When they decide good things about you, they're deciding it in your absence. When they decide uh, they don't want anything more to do with you, chances are that decision got made when you were not in the room. So, well, this is then becomes kind of an important aspect. Women's ab man's absence. Women alone thinking about how a man's absence actually registers in her system. A lot of seduction happens here. A lot of forward movement happens here. But it happens out of the sight of men. And I think most men actually have no clue that this is occurring or that they actually should be mindful of it. Because just because it is happening outside your your. Uh, line of sight it doesn't mean you don't have any control over it. it doesn't mean that you can't actually make it an art form 
into having some say over how a woman actually thinks and feels about you when you're not around. You can actually cultivate an art form of your absence. It's possible. Just as you cultivate an art form of your presence, right? That's obvious, right? Dress well, look presentable, make sure you have fresh breath, speak speak in like you have at least a decent amount of education, make an impression with your presence. Men understand this very clearly. Wear a suit, shine your shoes, make an impression with your presence when you show up across from a woman, right? Zip up your pants and comb your hair. All excellent. I don't think most men have a sense that of this phenomenon of how much of what the woman decides about them is actually going to happen when she's alone and that it is going to happen in his absence. And that even that space is something in which he should learn to seduce. He should learn to seduce this state. Right. If a woman meets two, three, four, five men in a particular evening at a particular party or event, and she goes home, and if this girl is thinking about one of those men, don't you want to be that man? Right. And so how do you make sure you stick out? That when you're not around, when you're not around, you're the one that comes to the foreground of her mind. This is, I think, a very interesting and a very rich aspect to think about. I actually find it quite uh, delightful that we are very different this way, right? And I, I would, I would repeat, I think men are quite different in a way. I think men, I would really believe this may be as old as simply that men report from nature and women are constantly evaluating relationships. And there are so many subtleties in relationships, so many subtleties in tones of voice that a woman may hear somebody say something today, but she will keep mulling over what did they actually mean? Why did she use that word? What is the subtext? Right? I think the reason women change their mind is not because they're fickle, is because they're always trying to get to the subtext. And the subtext will keep revealing itself the longer you look at the phenomenon. I don't think men are built to do that way. I think men are built to report facts. Truly a man's, uh, if you were to praise a particular man's capacity for observation, right? it would be very, it would be the ability of a scientist or a soldier. They would quickly scan a field and they would come back and give an accurate factual account of what they saw. They will be able to do that five minutes after they scan that field, a day after, two days after, three days after, because that's to their advantage. They need to know the real field. They need to know the real terrain. Men need to know the real terrain. They don't have room for interpretations and subtext. They actually need to know the fact of the terrain. They need to know the fact of what happened so that they can engage it on its own terms. That's where the strength is, certainly with nature. Right. There were two trees here. I saw this snake in the grass here. I saw whatever. This was the configuration I saw there. This is what I have to deal with. I scanned their fortress. There's a door here. There's a thing here. There are archers over here. There's a moat over here. 20 yards from there, there was this thing. And maybe we can use this thing to do this. And I think this is at the right distance that we could do something else. 
you need literally a visual map of what happened, factual information, right? And men think women operate the same way. I don't think they completely do. It's not like they're not capable of doing this, but certainly when it comes to relationships, when it comes to uh, emotional things, they're not interested in the physical details. They're interested in the emotional layers of things. And the emotional layers keep revealing themselves and the interpretation, what what's something really meant, keeps morphing a little bit, keeps evolving day after day. And that includes the impressions they have of you. Yeah. Women don't decide. I have, a, I have more, more on that in this uh, module. That yes, of course, your impression when you are with a woman matters in lifetime. And yet, when you're not there, what she thinks of you, if she thinks of you, how much she can't stop thinking about you matters a great deal. And I would say even more than the physical encounter, it is this reality of hers when you're not there with which she decides how she feels about you. So I hope that makes sense. We go into it a lot deeper when we uh, cover this module in class. But kind of feel into that hypothesis, test it out for yourself and see if it's true, right? And if it is true, then you have kind of a double level of challenge in your seduction, in your impression making, and trying to win over whatever women uh, that you're drawn to, which is this, that you have to learn to give a woman quality presence and you have to learn to give her quality absence. And this is a whole different art form. This is a completely different art form. Again, I love referring to uh, women's romance novels to get a template for what the women's romantic ideal is. You may think that's silly. You may think it's uh, uh, frivolous. I don't. I, I have deep respect for fiction. I have deep respect for fiction. I have deep respect for pornography. I have deep respect for erotica, right? Any words or images, any ideas, any stories that massive amount of people are drawn to is because whatever they are drawn to has an archetypical resonance to their own psyche, right? I don't, I don't even care if the statistics are women are drawn to uh, vampire stories, stories of sexy vampires, which is true. And you're like, well, that's kind of silly. It's not silly. It is actually revealing, only you have to dig a little bit to figure out why that is. Why that archetype is so attractive to so many women? Why are these stories of teenage vampires just blockbusters? Right? There's a reason behind it. And there's a reason behind, so the point I was getting at, if you read enough of uh, women's erotica, you can, you can even just uh, start with Fifty Shades of Grey. It's a good, good marker. It has the same exact uh, template and archetype. That's why I think it, it sold gazillion copies. You will see this phenomenon of how much the protagonist, the heroine, is absolutely preoccupied with thoughts of the guy, right? Mr. Gray in, in this particular story. Can't stop thinking about him. 
She doesn't always think positive thoughts. Half the time, he's probably bad. He's bad for me. He is arrogant. He is a playboy. He is a heartbreaker. I'm just going to get misery with him. He's a waste of time. Worst mistake of my life. But she can't stop thinking about him. Which means he is present in his absence. When she is alone, he is present with her. Right? And say what you will, and doesn't really matter which way the particular novel ends. The guy who is able to occupy a woman's mind essentially is winning. He's winning the seduction game. He's the one who got under her skin. He's the one who got under her skull. Right? In any story, he's always... I go back to Jane Austen, go to Pride and Prejudice. It's, it's Mr. Darcy. Yeah, but our heroine is obsessed with Mr. Darcy. She can't stop talking about him. She can't stop bad-mouthing him. She can't stop admiring him sideways. She can't stop trying to... Preoccupation. Right? All the while, Mr. Darcy is not really there. He's like there in a couple of scenes in the beginning, and then he kind of disappears for a long time. Whatever heroine is absolutely obsessed. And that's the way you know he is the guy for her and they're going to end up together if it's a happy story because he's the one she wants. And every negative emotion she expresses along the way, it's nonsense. It's just, it's just condiments to the romance. Right? So what does this mean for you? It means learn to give good absence. That's what it means. So this the basic advice I can give you in this module is, uh, where is it? Is don't fuck up your absence. If you know the absence part is where so much of your attraction is built, right? So this is this is a good metaphor to keep in mind. You should little be like as a man, be like the gardener who is planting a little fledgling, right? So think, just think about this a little bit through. So let's say you are planting this tiny plant, this little seedling, right? What can you do on your part to assure its growth success, right? Whatever you can do, you will have to do it before you stick it in the ground, before you stick its roots in the ground, right? Just play along with me. Don't try to get too precise about gardening i'm not a gardener but like what the point i'm trying to make is if you plant the fledgling once it's in there once its roots are in there you kind of have to leave it alone you have to leave it alone and you have to let the roots grow and you can't be meddling with it the whole time you have to do your part and then you need to leave you need to set up the situation you need to plant the plant and then leave it alone if you have done your job right if the soil is right, if the factors in there are right, if your plant is healthy, if you are set up the situation enough, trust that this plant will grow because you have done the rest of the work. But don't be coming back every five minutes yanking the plant out to see if it's growing or not. This is the anxiety I see a lot of young men in. This is a lot of anxiety I see the quote-unquote good guy in, which is he is constantly yanking out the fledgling, the plant, to check if it's growing or not. Do you like me? Do you like me yet? Do you still like me? Do you like me? 
Do you like me? And it's really annoying. It's amateurish seduction. You need to know when to leave, leave, leave things alone. You need to understand the power and potency of your absence. And you need to have enough confidence that your absence has potency. If your absence does not have potency, then you deserve to lose. If you did not leave an impression on a woman and she is actually not thinking about you when you're absent, then it you failed. You failed. You did not manage to put a dent in her consciousness. And accept that and then move on. Trying to check every five seconds whether you whether she's still thinking about you or not is not going to help anything, right? And this is a much bigger topic because uh, the what I've described so far applies to kind of new meetings, new seductions, but that is not the only place. In fact, I am not a big fan of emphasizing the first kiss, the first lay, and the first, I don't, I don't care about the first. I'm always interested in sustainability. I always want to know what can make love and desire and powerful relationships last over time. So in the modules that follow this module, it's like uh, we're going to examine what, how you can create quality absence. This may be a concept that most men are really not familiar with, but they really should get familiar with it. Because any man who has tried to improve his seduction game has worked on his quality presence. He has worked on how to make his presence more handsome, more charismatic, more articulate, more funny, more seductive, more charming. Most men don't have an idea on this concept of quality absence. And yet, if you examine women's psyches, you will say, well, the bulk of the decision they're making about me are happening when I'm not around. So what do I want to do about it? When she is on her own, when she's mulling, when she's reflecting, when she's thinking about you, when you're not there, that she actually makes up her mind about you. What can I do there? And there, the name of the game is absence. What can you do to create a powerful absence? Right? First thing, I'll kind of leave it on this note. The first and foremost thing you can do, as I mentioned earlier, is Where did I write this damn thing? This is it. This is a crucial phase of attraction. If you meddle with the absence, if you reach out too often, if you pursue too aggressively, if you're too available, if you're needy, you completely sabotage the power of your absence. And most men are making these mistakes all the time. Women are telling you loudly, don't make these mistakes. You truly are shooting yourself in the foot when you're acting needy, when you're there all the time. Women will tell you, really, don't be there all the time. Any woman with a modicum of honesty in her and who's actually trying to help herself will tell her, man, you know what? Don't be too available. I'll probably start taking you for granted. I've heard women say that to their men. And that's actually a good piece of advice to give. Don't be so goddamn available. Don't be so goddamn eager. Women will tell that straight to their men. It makes you unattractive, right? Don't ask every five seconds, do you like me? Do you like me? Did you get off? Did you did you come, right? Don't want to go into a segue into a sexual discussion, but the same neediness can be a turnoff 
in sex too. Even in sex, I would say even in sex, it is not all you do while you're with her that counts. It is how much she reflects on your time together when you are no longer there that the complete picture, the complete opinion of you sexually gets formed. Right? I will offer this to you. If women disagree with me, write to me. Tell me if I'm wrong. Right? I think this process is just a feminine process. That they need the alone time, they need the re-evaluation to really know what they're thinking about something. Whereas the men will say, well, this was the goddamn raw data, whether a day ago or a month ago, and raw data should decide what the event was about. I think it's a two different uh, ways of perceiving things, and I think they both have their uses. So for the men's part, don't meddle in your absence. Don't be too available. Don't be texting every five seconds. Don't be reaching out and don't be insecure and don't overshare. It's a turnoff. You're actually sabotaging the absence process. You, it's the equivalent of pulling out the fledgling by the root to see if the roots are growing. You're messing up the process. Right? Not being there, creating some distance will always work to your advantage. And I think this is this is easy to do and this has many facets to it because I know it's like uh, the more we understand our natures and the better we get at it, we are figuring out these hacks. But then we make stupid uses of these hacks, which is people use things like, oh, I'm not going to reply to their text for three hours or their email for two days. And that's how I'm going to create absence. I think that's really childish. I think that's really amateur hour. If you understand the power of absence, this can be raised to a high art form and in a way that uh, is not petty, in a way that's actually genuine, that is almost romantic. But the absence you create is almost an, a component of your romance rather than some power play you're yanking with somebody. Right. But for starters, I would encourage the men to at least think about it. So this whole inquiry started on how do I make a woman miss me? The answer is kind of in the question. Miss me. Miss me when I'm not there. In fact, that is the whole game. That's the bigger game. To make a woman miss you, not just make a flashy impression on her when you're face-to-face. To make her miss you, you need the art of absence. You need the art of your absence. You will, first of all, you will never be able to make her miss you if you're not gone in the first place. You will never be able to make her miss you if when you are with her, your attention did not leave an impression on her. Your attention did not feel good on her. And the second point, she will certainly not miss you if your attention, your presence, did not generate any emotion in her. Right. So try these three pieces. Attention, quality attention, generate emotion, and then actually get the hell out of there. Create solid absence. Give a woman the time she needs to mull over you, mull over meeting you, mull over what meeting you means to her, if anything at all. And I think those are kind of three legitimate questions to this, uh, three legitimate answers to this silly question for wherever we started. So I hope that was helpful. All right.